The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. How many of you are relatively new to IMC or to um, sitting practice, meditation practice? Can I just get a little twinkle of hands? Great. How many of you have been doing this a long time? A few people, okay. And everybody else is in between? Yeah, okay, good. I just asked to give me an idea of um, who's in the room. Yeah. So I thought tonight I would talk um, a little bit about not meditation per se, but one of the fruits of meditation, one of the things that happens when we meditate. Um, Because for me, um, I mean, the meditation's okay, you know, it's kind of hard, you know. It's really, you know, physically hard, emotionally, mentally, you know, it's... So for me, it's... I stay inspired when I look at not only the few moments of contentment I may have during a sitting, but more so how sitting practice, how mindfulness impacts me as a person in my life. So that's really kind of my way, I think, of practice. Um, For some... The sitting is everything, and kind of. Uh, but for me, it's a sitting is a means to an end. Um, and in the Buddha's teachings, there are writings about the fruits of practice, um, and typically these are referred to as um, the Brahma Viharas. These are ways in which the heart awakens or grows or softens. I think I had an early um, impression of a heart opening and softening when as a child I watched The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Uh, Do you know that uh, wonderful? I still watch it actually and I play it in my car during the Christmas season. Um, I don't know if you remember but this this character, the Grinch, has a crooked little heart that's trapped in a cage. Um, so much so that he wants to ruin Christmas for everybody. You know? And then uh, over time, um, he pays attention um, to the bigger picture than the noise and the food and the presents and the decorations. And um, eventually, um, his heart grows. Does this ring a bell to anybody and they actually have this great graphic of his heart kind of going boing and it gets bigger you know and I think this is what can happen when we meditate and practice mindfulness we can get a boing yeah I don't think the Buddha wrote about that in particular with a boing but I like to hook up these ancient teachings with modern culture you know um and then he gives the presents back and the decorations and they all have a grand time. Um, so in Buddhism, uh, there are writings and teachings about this boing um, and that this boing has four expressions or four uh, ways that the heart awakens. Uh, 
And uh, I want to tell you what those four are and then um, talk about one in particular. Yeah. And um, after I talk a while, I'm going to ask you for a few minutes to talk to each other um, as a way to take in what I'm saying as a way for us all to participate together in our time here um, and as a way to see the the gap between what I think and what I say or um, what is presented and what is my experience because I think all of this needs to be in our field of awareness on the path not only what is kind of said at the front of the room because who am I? I'm just Jennifer but how do we take it in and what does it mean to us? That's really where the rubber hits the road, you know, if you will. So back to the Boeing. Um, one, I really didn't come in expecting to talk about the Boeing that just kind of came up in my talking, so. Um, one is the heart awakens through joy. The heart increases its capacity for joy. Joy in silence, joy in feeling full, joy in company of others, joy in the quality of light or the silly expression on a dog's face or joy in a warm cup of tea. As we become more attuned to how pleasant and joyful life can be. The second is equanimity. Let our hearts open in a way that we have more equanimity or more uh, acknowledgement and acceptance of the things as they are rather than just as the way we want them to be. So I'd really like to I don't know. Be more comfortable when I'm sitting and not have my hip throb. And oh, my hip is throbbing, you know. Can I bring some, not that I like it, but it's there. Equanimity. Um, And I see this a lot in um, long time meditators, is very strong equanimity. Um, So that when something great happens, uh, there's a response of, oh. And then when something really difficult happens, oh, you know, can we bring the same, maybe not an absence of preference, but noticing our preference and still meeting what is. Yeah. Equanimity. The third Brahma Vihara is um, compassion. Compassion, care for others and ourselves. An awareness of suffering and paying attention and wishing for suffering to not be there. Compassion. A softening, if you will. I should be able to meditate without my hip hurting. I've been doing this forever. Why must I age? It's just not pretty. To, oh, wow, I really 
am striving here. I'm still wanting to be a perfect meditator. Oh boy, is that a hard one to let go of. You know, it's the softening and a compassion, a care for the suffering. Yeah, compassion. And the fourth Brahma Vihara is kindness. Kindness. A wish for everyone to be well and happy. The, uh, His Holiness the Dalai Lama is oft quoted saying, my religion is kindness. Perhaps you've seen this on a bumper sticker here in the Bay Area. Beautiful. The Brahma Viharas, uh, the word Vihara translates as abode, the divine abodes. You know. So sometimes I imagine that when I don't practice mindfulness and my heart shrinks. Um, it's like a, a building with no roof. And the more that I cultivate mindfulness and meditate, um, then there begins to be something over my head that shelters me. It's a place that I can reside. Joy, equanimity, compassion, and kindness. Yeah. Yeah. These words in... Uh, Pali, our joy is mudita. Equanimity is upeka. Compassion is karuna. And kindness is metta. The metta practice, um, metta practice has become very popular. Um, in the West. If uh, you've been on some retreats, you probably have practiced metta in some form or another, done some kindness practice. I, I imagine um, kindness is resonant for us because um, a lot of us, when we were young, were taught some form of the golden rule to be kind to others to be a good person, to not um, steal somebody's lunch in the cafeteria, to not scratch our siblings. Not that that kept me from doing it all the time. My sister and I did get a little scrappy. But I think this, this idea of kindness towards one another goes very deep into our histories in our culture. So I want to talk a little bit more about kindness in particular. Now I'm going to open up my prop. How thrilling to have a prop that is generated within miles of where we're actually sitting. I was recently in Ohio I thought, oh, these people, they don't live in the heart of apple country like I do. I'm so fortunate. Sort of. 
course I have to be able to use it, so bear with me. What I want to read to you is um, the traditional metta sutta, the metta prayer. Um, I want to read it through and ask you to listen and see what it's like to hear this. The word sutta translates loosely as scripture or teaching. So this would be a very traditional core Buddhist teaching or scripture on kindness. This is what should be accomplished by the one who was wise, who seeks the good and has obtained peace. Let one be strenuous, upright, and sincere, without pride, easily contented and joyous. Let one not be submerged by the things of the world. Let one not take upon oneself the burden of riches. Let one's senses be controlled. Let one be wise and not puffed up. And let one not desire great possessions even for one's family. Let one do nothing that is mean or that the wise would reprove. May all beings be happy May they be joyous and live in safety. All beings, whether weak or strong, in high or middle or low realms of existence, small or great, visible or invisible, near or far, born or to be born, may all beings be happy. Let no one deceive another, nor despise any being in any state. Let none by anger or hatred wish harm to another. Even as a mother at the risk of her life watches over and protects her only child, so with a boundless mind should one cherish all living beings, suffusing love over the entire world, above below and all around without limit. Let one cultivate an infinite goodwill toward the whole world. Standing or walking, sitting or lying down, during all one's waking hours, let one cherish the thought that this way of living is the best in the world. Abandoning vague discussions, having a clear vision, Freed from sense appetites, one who was made perfect will never again know rebirth in the cycle of creation of suffering for ourselves or others. The Metta Sutta. Typically in retreat settings, Only one portion of this 
is read out loud. The wish for all beings to be happy and joyous and live in safety. Beings weak or strong, higher, middle or low realms of existence, small or great, visible or invisible, near or far, born or to be born. That's a lot of beings. Yeah. So you may have heard that part. But that comes from a larger piece. So I'm going to ask you to um, just turn uh, to the person next to you and chat for a minute. I'm going to tell you what to chat about, though, so don't worry, you're not going to have to make it up. Um, if you could just talk for a few minutes together after introducing yourselves about what in this reading um, touched you. Uh, that touch may have been uh, inspiration or irritation or confusion, um, or even what about this idea of an awakened heart and kindness, you know, what you're thinking. And uh, as you listen to somebody tell you these things, um, please listen with your ears, okay? And not with your mouths. This is not an opportunity to make be helpful or wise, you know, but just, just listen. And um, as you speak, hopefully you will say something that you didn't even think before you were saying it. This can be just a spontaneous reflection. Okay? We'll do that for a few minutes. Um, I won't say first person, second person. I'll just give you a few minutes to talk to each other. Okay? Again, what touches you in this? Um, and just listening to the other person. Uh, please... Um, don't wait to be chosen. It's not a lifelong relationship. It's just an exercise for a few minutes. So I encourage you to just find a partner and jump in. And I'll ring a bell in a few minutes. Well, it seemed like you had something to talk about. I heard chattering. That's good. So um, I'd love to maybe hear from a few people um, what your thoughts are or um, your reflection on your conversation or maybe even a question as long as it's not too academic because if you ask me which translation this is <laughs> I'm going to be stumped so we'll skip the academic questioning ask, that, ask Gil next time you see him comments, thoughts, questions Um, that common section of the Sutta gives me so much joy when I hear about all the different creatures. That the creatures, um, the translation I'm more familiar with says creatures seen and unseen, or great and small. And I think of the invisible creatures that might be in this room, that might be as big as this building or as smaller than an ant's footprint. And they're all here, and it's like, go guys, you know, it's like I feel kind towards those creatures, and they're there, and it's like, oh wow, yeah, it's like, it shows me my own vast ignorance, mm. and how such wonderful things I'm missing, mm. it's like, oh, okay, it reminds me of that, and I always, and I get an anticipation, when you said that you were going to, 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 to read that, I thought, oh good, 
<laughs> because I get to be with the creatures. And I am revisited by that. So joy comes along mm-hmm. with this kindness, yeah, great. Yes. Delight. All creatures great and small. Thank you. Other thoughts, reflections? Thank you. We're going to give you the microphone since it's... Okay, it's the law here. Uh, Well, this is a bit of a negative reflection, and I apologize for that. And the part that uh, rung with me and kind of knocked me sideways from paying enough attention to some of the other parts of the, the reading was the part about may everybody, something to the effect that, you know, may everybody be uh, healthy, uh, joyous, without pain. I don't know. What was the rest of it? I mean, Keep talking and I'll find that one part. Well, and it uh, struck a nerve because I'm in a s- situation where a guy who lives next door to me has been having a, just an incredibly absurd, petty vendetta against me, mm. all purportedly arising out of my wife's plants being too close to his court space and I I, uh, I said it's the language struck a nerve to me because I have I'm not a violent guy but I have uh, found myself a lot lately wishing bodily harm on the guy and I thought mm. and that part about oh wishing him good health wait a minute that's a conflict but I'm thinking about it a, bit more, a little bit more I mean maybe uh, it would be the more painless way for me to deal with it, to think of it at that way that, that uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe the guy is in some pain. I, I don't think that. I think he's just off the planet. But uh, yeah. um, it occurred to me it might be a more painless way to just go through the situation until it hopefully goes away. Right. So this is what we find when we think about something like kindness or compassion is not only our experience of it, but our lack of it. You know, this is also part of the practice, is to see where it's very difficult. Where we have that urge to, I'm imagining I could just, what's your first name? Joe. Joe, that I could help you out and just, you know, print this out, wrap it around a rock and throw it through his window. (laughs) Be really nice if this guy got this, you know, and that's our own, you know, I mean, let's be honest, let's not be you know, puffed up, you know. I'd go for a brick. <laughs> a brick, yeah, you know, and that's... So then there's my intention, and there's what I may feel when I'm meditating and with a bunch of people like this, and then I get to see where that takes and where it doesn't take, you know, and that's an opportunity, really, um, for me to be kind towards myself when I'm really angry or feeling ill will towards somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. This is all of it, you know, this is the full practice. Anybody else think there maybe should be somebody else that's listening to this tonight? (laughs) Oh yeah, I really wish that person was kinder, particularly towards me. 
could have the big picture in mind and not be so difficult. Yeah. Please. For me, with kindness, there, I... A little closer to the mic. Okay, is Thank it? You. Okay. Um, there's a sense of, well, of fear, actually, mm-hmm. um, that I think kind of comes from a fear of where, where do I stop mm-hmm. that? How, and this, it's, it becomes very easy to just sacrifice everything Mm-hmm. Or to feel as though I should be sacrificing everything, right. and it, it, so I, I find fear arises within me with yeah. the with the practice. Fear that I will lose myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Some of us come to practice because we've been too focused on others and lost track of ourselves. Yeah, so... Um, in um, rigorous metta practice, um, we begin with um, expressing metta for ourselves. And that may be for a very long time, just myself. And for some, this is a wonderful kind of return to what was lost, yeah. And for others, it's the hardest piece to be kind to oneself. You know, so there's so much in this, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. What was your first name? Sandra. Sandra. And Joe. And Maureen. Okay. My name is Gita. Hello, Gita. Uh, for me, what you expressed, what you verbalized, was like at the back of my mind. But now it comes as a real truth. It's kind of focused, mm. and that gives me joy. And what is the it that is focused for you right now, Gita? Uh, all the four uh, Things the you talked of meditation, mm-hmm. of Brahma Viharas, the yeah. joy, equanimity, compassion, and kindness. kindness. The four, they become very focused. Oh, good. I'm glad. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Eddie, and Hi, Eddie. Uh, just want to say I could relate and. Uh, I was, uh, we were just talking, uh, one of the things that was very powerful for, uh, or about this practice, the meta practice, is being very aware that there's a metamorphosis taking place through the practice. Um, I had a very intense conflict with a neighbor, and it turned out to be, has turned out to be a wonderful teaching. You know, we talk about teachers. And it was a situation that I, you know, because it was a home, I could not escape. And so it was a wonderful way to watch my all kinds of emotions and then see this practice um, really change things in a very dramatic way in my life. Just um, kind of phenomenal. 
just uh, pretty amazing. Uh, the, the folks I have the hardest time with actually is neutral people, mm. I find. So I'm usually really good at like my family, sending love and kindness, people I have conflict with. I can really bring all that up, really. But with neutral people, it's just kind of like, yeah, what's the point? They're just neutral. Yeah. They're just neutral. So that's a very interesting, interesting. observation. Yeah. So. Yeah. I uh, wish uh, kindness on people when I am in grocery lines and at the airport <laughs> when people seem very stressed when they're crossing the street. But you know, really, uh, sometimes it's may they be happy. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know? I mean, it's, it's easy to wish a lovely child or a, a lover on a good day, may you be happy. You know, it's another thing to really um, to wish people well alongside my um, other feelings. And it's not either or, it's both and. And that's this wider heart, you know. This wider heart, yes, I, I really want you to be a happy person and I'm really mad at you. And I don't like what you did. And I want you to be a happy person. And I want you to be happy way over there <laughs> and not here. You know, so this is not um, loving everything that happens, but it's it's just trying to because everything really is a mess. I mean, this world is life is um, so difficult, you know, so much suffering within ourselves and around us, even in this um, abundant. Um, safe, relatively safe place we live in compared to other places in the world, you know. Um, so if I was to wait till I felt good about everything and everything went well to be kind, then I think I'd be like the Grinch up in the top of that hill and never come down. So thank you. This is where it's really juicy, you know, it's not in the idea, but in the rubber hitting the road. When is it easy for me to be kind? When is it challenging? And watching and seeing how that changes. I have the hardest time in being kind to myself. I really do. Very, very hard on myself. I should be smarter, tanner, thinner, and richer, for starters. But then when I sit more, I realize, oh, that's just my mind. That's just the little girl inside me. That's just an illusion that I've been told and believed. That's not true. The other part, I, I want to echo what Maureen was saying about this. Um, this is one of the few places I've seen in Buddhist teachings where there really is um, something about the mystery of life, this all beings, near, far, born and yet to be born, above, below, seen and unseen. Um, I mean, there's a great deal of emphasis on wisdom and understanding and clear seeing. Um, and this is one of the few places I've found where it's kind of this more mystical aspect of, we don't even know everything that's out there, you know. And there's a lot, probably, 
going on and um, even if we don't understand it all, may it, may it all be good. So I like that. And sometimes I also think, um, I imagine that there are other practitioners in other places in the world, you know, sending it out to them. Often I can feel isolated and uh, to remember there are other people practicing other places and wishing them well. I think I saw a hand right here in front. Did I? Thank you. What's your name? My name is Paul. Hi, Paul. Hi. Um, I think I struggle with when you talk about, you know, about not seeking riches and possessions. Um, Did I say that? Ooh, shoot. (laughs) Um, Just... I, I don't know where the median is, you know. I don't know. I had a job. I was, I've been unhappy at so many of my jobs, you know, regardless of how much they paid. I just felt like I wasn't doing anything meaningful. Um, regard, so, yeah, regardless of the paycheck. And um, a couple months ago, I decided to quit my job in sales. I just I didn't feel like I was helping people. Um, the paycheck was okay, but now I'm trying to struggle. What do I do? I want to help people. I want to give back. I'm, I want meaning. And uh, at the same time... I want nice things. I mean, I want to be able to pay my bills. But at yeah. the same time, I don't want to be driven. I mean, I've never been happy with possessions. They always get old really quickly. Nice cars, you know, big TVs, those things, they just get really old. But I still always find that when I look around me, everybody else has all these nice things. and I want these nice things. So... I've struggled with that for years and years and years, and mm-hmm. I think it's because I came from not a, I didn't come from a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom did what she could for us, you know, so mm-hmm. I think I, I just struggle with that. So I'm still trying to find answers for that, and um, that's why I came back here. So Yeah, great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I came to spiritual practice once I had a little bit of everything and realized it wasn't going to work. It wasn't the ultimate. Then I got rid of everything and was a nun Um, and that didn't work either (laughs) so um, I have lived this question of what is a sincere spiritual life in uh, a modern world where I really like my things (laughs) but I don't need ten of them you know I didn't need to be the first person to have one and make fun of somebody else because they don't have one so yeah it really is this um, and what the Buddha taught was um, our preferences um, when they're mild or managed are fine you know? it's only the extremes that are a problem whether it's possessions or God or identities or um, activity you know? extremes get us into trouble deprivation decadence you know and I think for every person, you know, with the middle of that is it's all relative, you know. I'm a very wealthy person in um, my freedoms and my relationships and my health, you know. And uh, compared to the people that work for this company and that guy, you know, his name, uh, I'm not so wealthy. And um, I think also coming um, to a place like IMC to develop a sitting practice or other spiritual endeavors or a way to balance out the constant messaging we get in this world that says, 
you are what you do, what you have, how you look. You know, this is just like ballast, I think, for that craziness. Which is one of the reasons I come a lot. Or else I start believing what I see and hear. Other thoughts, complaints, questions? I just started wondering about what kindness is. And I was thinking if you know, someone is sitting there and they're grumpy because their leg hurts, is their kindness to themselves being grumpy because their leg hurts? And right. why should I take that as an unkindness? Because they're just being how they feel right now. Right, right. Can you ask the question again? I don't know if there was a question there or your own reflection. Well, and so that's the, you know, what really is kindness is if I'm being grumpy, am I being, can I be kind at the same time, for mm. example, in that? Because mm. I'm being kind to myself for accepting the state that I'm experiencing. Right. So then there's, these are some distinctions within kindness. Some is a acknowledging and honoring things just as they are. I'm grumpy. And another is to wish people well, you know. Uh, to wish oneself well, to um, uh, orient oneself towards goodness and kindness and compassion. Yeah, so these are all distinctions within it. Um, I think it's all relative too, you know. (laughs) I've seen young children who are very kind, you know naturally without thinking I should be kind you know and I've seen young children who uh, don't see or experience it because it's not in their upbringing or in their world you know it's so interesting so what is innate and what is learned you know I suppose ultimately since we're all born little Buddhas it's there and then it comes and goes if you believe that I like the idea little Buddhas one moment can be really in their experience of contentedness and the next minute be very vocal about being wet or hungry, you know, and then flow into the next and a lot of fluidity there. Well, I want to do a little more kindness practice with you. Um, I want to thank you for talking to somebody else here tonight. I know it's not really may not be the tradition here so much. I do this a lot in another sangha that I participate in and I found it really rich to kind of make something closer, feel it more, take it in, and also to um, begin to form um, a relatedness within this context. Um, So thank you for doing that. I know probably you don't talk to each other too much here. I don't know. So I encourage you, if this intrigues you, to go home and Google metta, M-E-T-T-A, or kindness, Buddhist kindness, or Brahma Viharas, Brahma is B-R-A-H-M-A, Vihara is V-I-H-A-R-A, if you want to read more about it. There's lots of books on it too. I didn't write them. So let's do some metta practice to close out our time together. Um, 
allow yourself again to become still and quiet and internal and relaxed And spend a few moments wishing yourself well as you sit. May I be well. May I be happy. May I be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. And this may feel comfortable for you or not. Just notice that. And then imagine the person you were talking to earlier this evening. And imagine that person being well. Offering your wish for him or her to be happy. To be at ease and free from suffering. And then imagining in your mind's eye this gathering of people here tonight and extending a wish to all here that we all be happy. May we all be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May we all be at ease
And then imagining all the people nearby in buildings and cars. And imagining all of the creatures around us, the ones with two legs and four legs and wings and fins. And extending kindness to all these beings nearby. May they all be well, happy, free from suffering and at ease. And then for a moment imagine as far as you'd like to go with your kindness. Extending wishes for happiness out. and taking note of your experience of this metta practice, how it impacts you in the moment, comfort, doubt, inspiration, and Offer yourself some kindness for your experience of it. Metta practice. May whatever benefit we generated together tonight, whatever good karma comes from our togetherness, please, as you go out into the night, take it with you. It does not need to stay here. Please. Because there'll be more people here tomorrow doing more good stuff. (laughs) So please, take it with you. Okay? Take it out to the beings with two legs, and four legs, and wings, and fins, to the beings near and far, born and yet to be born, seen and unseen. Take it with you out into the world so that all beings are happy and free from suffering. And keep a little bit for yourself. Okay? Thank you all. Good night.